This is episode number 256. In which areas of your life are you settling with Fee Jameson Fallen? Welcome. My name is Oleg Lohit, and this is the Overcoming Odds Podcast, where you get a glimpse into the stories of individuals who have overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving their personal success. This podcast was built by you and for you to help you overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving your fullest potential. Before we get into today's episode, I would like to make a few quick announcements. First one being an invitation to our upcoming conversation, which takes place every single Friday at 10.45 a.m. Central Time and is broadcasted through LinkedIn and Facebook Live, where we explore the connection between gratitude and grief, gratitude and resilience, gratitude and appreciation, and many other topics. If this is of interest to you, please consider visiting our website at overcomingodds.today, where you'll be able to find the latest details about our upcoming conversation, as well as ways that you can join it. The second announcement that I wanted to make is in regard to our work, and that is if our work has had any form of impact in your life, please consider supporting our cause by either making a contribution through our website or leaving us a review on iTunes, Facebook, or Google so more people can find these inspiring and courageous conversations. Now, let's get back to the show. Fee, welcome to the show. Thank you, Oleg. I'm delighted to be here. No, thank you. Thank you for connecting with me again. And I guess as a way to continue our gratitude challenge, so to speak, uh, Adrian is another person that at least I have to thank for making the connection and introducing the two of us. She's been someone that I connected with through another connection, Scott Mason, and it's just been amazing to be a part of their worlds and the different things that they're doing and witness their work and also just their presence, the energy and contribution that bring to this world. So I'm grateful to her for having the two of our paths cross and everything else that is bound to come in the future. Yeah, me too. She's an absolute um, powerhouse. And I feel very grateful to have met her yonks ago now. It's, we first met when we first connected through that, um, through the gratitude kind of course that we've been following together, if you like. Gosh, that would have been nearly sort of six and a half years ago. It is about, yeah. So. It's it's pretty inspiring to see that. So f- for those that are listening and are not aware of what the group is, essentially based on my understanding is it's a gratitude group where people can freely express what it is that they're grateful for. I know that there are a couple of guidelines as far as keeping track of the date, keeping track of the number of things that you're grateful for over the course of a day. And the thing that's the most inspiring to me is the number of days that you are on and she is on. It's fascinating. I think it's well into the 2000s, maybe even higher than that. Let me tell you, I will tell you, I I posted this morning, of course, how many days, let me see. Um, Now, so those are all of the days, I'm assuming that because the number keeps going higher and higher, did you ever have to restart or was that just off the first try and then you were able to stay consistent? To me, because when something um, is so nourishing, Mm-hmm. for me why would I stop it's a bit like well you know I felt great eating food yesterday but I'm 
I don't think I'll bother today. Sure, if I'm fasting, that's a little bit different. Um, <laughs> why would I stop? I, to me, it just makes so much sense. So today was day 2,277. Wow. It is. And that's fascinating. And so, yeah, Adrian is Mrs. Queen of 90 Days of Gratitude because we started about the same time. And she's mm -hmm. just, she rocks it. She's awesome. But you and I could write about Adrian all, all night. <laughs> that's amazing. She's great. Now, I'm grateful that I'm able to be a part of that and share that space with the two of you. And I think that directly ties into the topic of the conversation we're going to have today, which was around the concept of settling. And I, if I remember correctly, the question that you had stated to me was, in which areas of my life am I settling in at the current moment? And I think it's a great question for a couple of reasons. A, I have personally experienced that with every single level of confidence and courage and accomplishments and quote unquote success, there is that element of settlement that sometimes come in. And, and I think a lot of that has to do with security and safety. So for me, once certain layers of those two fields, security and safety have met, I found myself to be settling a lot more because the desire or the urge to keep going wasn't as strong and as it was previously when I didn't have those things. So I'm curious to hear from your lens in regard to your own life and the areas that you have built or embarking upon, what have you noticed to be the relationship between you constantly striving forward in some of these areas of your life? And then also this concept of settling in. And then the other, maybe on top of that question, another question is, how do you break through it? How do you recognize that you're settling? And then what do you do next? Mm -hmm. Great questions. So thank you, Oleg, for those. Um, I suppose in terms of what is in my mind right now is how do I break through? That's kind of what I remember is, is your main question. But in terms of in what areas am I settling? It's, I, I, do, I believe it's an inevitable part of life is um, we, for me anyway, this is my hallucination of it. This is my interpretation is that I'll start off in point A and I'm mm -hmm. working towards point B and that's going to be a journey, you know, by simple fact that I'm not at B yet, I'm at A. And so I'm working my way towards B. And when I reach B, either that's going to be it or there'll be another, a new B. <laughs> there'll be, B will become A and then there'll be another B that I'll be working my way towards. And, um, you know, that's an inevitable, that it's not inevitable because actually, you know, I can remember very clearly when I had graduated from osteopathic college, fresh new osteopath, you know, I'm going to save the world. And I just, I was so done. I felt like, okay, I've arrived. That's it. I'm, it's been such a hard, hard yakka to get to this point. That's it. And I actually did not want to be creating a new point A. I wanted to have arrived at B and that was a full stop. And so what, what it took was quite a while um, for me to kind of grow into my new identity, if you like, even though I'd been you know, focusing on that whole, like my dream of becoming an osteopath for all of those years and it become this kind of my um, magnificent obsession. I also realized once I'd grown into that new identity, if you like, then it's like, well, come on, you know, what about actually settling, uh, creating your own integrative health center? So I thought that's a great idea. So 
combination of moving to the other side of the world to New Zealand from the UK I thought well yeah let's start with one and then I created I um, co-founded three of them and then a corporate wellness business and what I was realizing is that I was almost settling for busy being busy I, I got busy being busy I got busy not actually focusing on something I've just done, I've literally just done a, a, a Facebook Live on, which is uh, my raison d'etre. What on earth is it all for? Is it all for being able to strive for the next thing so I can take that off? And I just realized that I had been kind of living my life like a to-do list. And what I found is that by living my life like a to-do list, it's almost like I stay in this, um, in this sort of semi-conscious state of not really being here because it's not, I'm always here and I'm dealing, I'm not onto the next. I'm, so I'm not necessarily present in this, not semi-conscious isn't the right word, but not being present in this moment. You know, and one fabulous um, way of describing this is the Dalai Lama who was asked about being present, I think. And he talked about how he is clearly aware that he lives his life as if there is a, a razor sharp, enormous, huge sword dangling right above the top of his head. That's and it helps, him, it helps him to remember. It's not that he would be then in fear. It has him, it, for him, it helps him open his heart would be one way of interpreting it. Such to the point he is so open and so consciously present of the preciousness of this moment, because this is actually what we have. You know, when, when you and I started talking, a few weeks ago, that doesn't exist anymore. It's gone. And at the end of this interview, it doesn't exist. All there is is this moment. And, you know, this sounds great, but what I've been actually starting my we journey on is actually incorporating that into um, a way of being, a way of thinking. So it starts with kind of, oh, yeah, that makes sense. That makes, makes complete logic. And then keeping on practicing that such that it becomes a way of being, which is easier said than done. And so instead of that to-do list, which is why, okay, so I need to do this, I need to do this, as opposed to that is, is more like this raison d'etre, you know, what for? And then it becomes priorities in my life that I live my life by. You know, and this all sounds fabulous. <laughs> and it's the case, okay, so in what way am I living that? And that's where that question comes from. In what areas of my life am I settling? And I, like you, I think you mentioned, you know, this is this is actually a constant process because we're arriving, but then we it's like we're then settling where we are. So it's that kind of that beautiful expression, which is we're either green and growing or ripe and rotting. So to me, for me now, it's it's becoming less of a I have to do this, I have to do this. It becomes more of a I get to, and and more of a kind of a what if scenario. What if I were to, so you and I spoke about a man um, called Michael Singer, who's written some great work, one of which is The Untethered Soul. And then that's how he applies that in his life. Um, and it becomes something called The Surrender Experiment, which is his next book. And he just decides to say, what if I were to say yes? Not completely ridiculously, but to actually basically say yes. And, you know, my husband, Chris and I, we've read that book many times to each other. And we just, we then... We're a bit nervous about reading the surrender experiment because we sensed we probably feel like we were compelled to do it ourselves and we ended up doing that and it was it's been an amazing journey of very much focusing on doing that for a period of time and 
a, a great opportunity to spot where we've been settling and to take ourselves on in a way that um, needs um, a level of comfort with enormous amounts of being uncomfortable. So out of our, out of my comfort, I can only speak for me being out of my comfort zone. I was going to say, there's something fascinating that you mentioned about it. The, the first concept is being able to say, yes, I, I recently had a conversation with a friend of mine and we were, we were talking about the opposite topic and that's the ability to say no. And he framed it in a way, which I can't say I've ever heard before. And he said, really for him, the ultimate way that he's been able to say no to things is to be able to say yes to the things that he wanted to do. So simultaneously, he was saying no. So I, I find that interesting that you brought that up the same exact way, because I found that when I was focusing so much on, okay, how do I say no here? How do I say no here? That's ultimately what I was attracting. I was attracting opportunities to say no, rather than attracting opportunities to say yes. And then the no just literally became part of the process. It wasn't even something that I had to formally acknowledge as a decision that I had to make. Yeah, yeah. That clarity around um, values, and that is linked ultimately to um, what are we doing it for? What, what's what's the, the reason that I would be bothering? And then that helps me to spot any areas that I might be settling in. Um, and, you know, part of that whole element, I think, of spotting these things and then maybe taking choosing to take action, that's either going to be saying no was going to be saying yes. I don't know if it's so much the word, it's more the discernment. Um, you know, like, oh, I mustn't say no, or why am I just becoming a yes person? It's like, well, actually, what is the question? And what is it that I'm allowing in when I say yes or no? More of. No. Um, because if my hands are already full, or they're either closed because I'm saying no, or they're completely full, I'm not able to accept and, you know, receive or accept anything else. Um, and yeah, I, I actually believe this has been a really useful question for me to ask myself all the way through my life at different points. And it's um, it's spurred for me by the people I connect with, like you, um, Adrian, being part of that group, um, the community, the fanal, the, the people, um, the questions that are asked. And it, 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 it's the, the questions that, I end up being curious about through the, the people that I connect with. Often it's people and it might be books, but that's often around lives and, and reality or not reality. You know, it's, it's, there's something there that involves people, I often find, where I end up asking myself that question. And um, for me at the moment, it's quite interesting, is I was asking myself this question when, you were, when we were playing with this idea a few weeks ago, um, is... It, essentially what it is, is it's, it's like um, talking a good game and not walking the talk. So that to me would be another way of kind of expressing my settling. And one thing I've spotted is um, talk about beliefs, I talk about values, um, relationships with people I love is one of my values. And what I've been, what I have been, had been finding, and it's an area that I'm looking at clearing up, and I am clearing it up, is saying how much, how much I love someone, how much they mean in my life, and not matching that with my action. Be it in, you know, say it's a significant partner, um, 
sometimes being lazy about communication and, you know, ending up being a rat bag rather than actually living my values and being reasonable, which is what I'd expect in return in a situation. I don't know, maybe there's a really useful um, acronym that I picked up to kind of help help me know, hang on a second, maybe I reacted in that way that was unreasonable because, and there's a really useful acronym that I picked up from Al-Anon, so Adult, Children's of Alco- Adult Children of Alcoholics. It's a fabulous organization that I've been blessed to be, I've been blessed by, um, which is H-A-L-T. So am I ha- hungry? Am I angry? Am I lonely? Or am I tired? And if I'm any of those things, it's likely I'm probably going to be a rat bag. So I need to, you know, I'm settling for not filling my cup in some way. So getting that sorted so then I can be available and show up in the way that I I choose to in my relationships. So that's one area that I've noticed. Ooh, wake up. Um, I choose to be awake in the area of taking full responsibility for who I'm being in relationships. Um, And then to answer the second part of your question, which is how do we you know, what is it that we can do? Because everyone's different. Now, this whole concept of settling might, for some people, be like, yeah, whatever. And for me, it's like, ooh, that really hits a spot. And likewise, it might be, well, who cares whether I'm, you know, why would I want to know? Well, for those of us who do, for me, what works really well is um, to, I literally diarize it every quarter. So, okay, so where am I at? And that might be things that I've said are important in my life that I've been working towards, that I have been welcoming more in, that I've been raising my awareness in those areas. How am I going? And I do believe it's it's valuable to measure how I'm going on that. It might be an arbitrary, well, you know, before it, it was zero in terms of out of 10. And I feel like I've made some progress. I'm maybe two or I'm three on that program and sometimes you know we can measure obviously literally measure things it's an amount of something that I'm choosing to create or at the moment I'm training for an 11 day hike in October and I need to be we'll probably cover about 120 kilometers in those 11 days consecutive days and I'll need to be carrying a pack at least 20 kilograms and so for me to get into that kind of way of working I've been doing lots and lots of long walks for fundraising like 50 kilometers, 100 kilometers, nonstop. But carrying 20 kilograms on my back, whoa, that's a different game. <laughs> Literally a different journey. And so got to the point now, June, kind of mid-June, 11, 12 kilograms. So I'm working my way towards it. And I can, I'm measuring it. It's like, I know, not well, that feels quite heavy. <laughs> that's not going to do it. You know, I need to know that I can carry this weight. Um, and... Yeah, I suppose you ask, you know, how do we know when we are or not? It's just a decision to be honest. And sometimes for me, the things that can seem like the easiest, like choosing to be my best self with people I love or not, it's, it's kind of one of those things when it's, um, when it's people who I love the most, it can be the ones where I would have been you know had a tendency to be complacent with it if you know what I mean because nobody else is watching as opposed to when you're in the spotlight you know you're going to turn it on um and so or, or not necessarily you know that's a choice and I choose to show up my best self behind the doors you know to when it's me you know 
yeah, when nobody else is watching, who am I well, choosing? To what be? have you found as a personal challenge within your life in being able to be honest with yourself? Good question. I think in areas where um, I built up ways of being, and I'm going to use Alan on them as example again. You know, growing up in an alcoholic home, there were ways of being that kept me safe. They weren't healthy, but they kept me safe. Um, ways of behaving, ways of reacting, um, they literally helped me stay alive. You know, I very nearly took my life when I was younger, and you know, I managed to to keep keep on keeping on and stay safe somehow through all of that, through a whole intricate way of arranging my life and reacting to things and being over controlling and all you know many things that many of us do. Um, for whatever reason, it's not right or wrong. Um, but spotting that it's those old addictive behaviors, you know, of just a compelled to control, compelled to tell people what to do. You know, it's like I find that with my husband, you know, it's like I feel, um, no, 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 I, I need to intervene. I need to say something. I need to, because I, I know best. It's like, I have no, I don't know what's best for someone else. And so those would be ways that I see that showing up, all kind of addictive behaviors of, you know, when I was growing up, I, I used to, um, you know, I'd sit down. I think this actually even when I was studying to be an osteopath, I'd sit down and oh, I'd be really hungry. I need to go and get a snack. So literally, you know, um, my relationship with food, you know, I'd sit down and go and toast a loaf of bread and, you know, a whole jar of peanut butter, and that would be my snack. It's like, that's a that's going a bit far, you know, <laughs> that's not necessarily that's breakfast, lunch and dinner combined yeah, for three days, you know, it's like, yeah. well, not three days, but you know, just learn, learn, knowing when to stay, to, to say stop. And I was a woman, I still am in many areas, a woman of extremes. You know, some people would say, what? Hiking 11 days um, with a 20 kilogram pack. That's what, but it's all relative. You know, it's like if I was going, for instance, from zero to that, then, you know, that would be, it, it is extreme, but it's all relative. And so that's how, that's how I reason that one out. <laughs> um, and I suppose at the end of the day, um, you know, that, that unlocks the door to so many other things for me. You know, being back here in New Zealand, having been in perpetual travel for six years, five and a half years, this is my second winter in, you know, for six years, I managed to avoid winter. This is my second one. And I choose to be stronger. I choose to have the kind of metabolism and the way my body works so that I can get in the sea in the winter in a wetsuit. I haven't been able to do that yet. But as my body gets stronger and she acclimatizes, that's changing. So, you know, in carrying a pack that heavy for that long, you're like, whoa, but I know I can do it because the human body is perfectly capable of doing it. If I can do it in little steps, those increments, learning that a point A to point B might take me half a year or a year. That's cool. How many years have I got left? I got tens upon tens upon tens upon tens upon tens of years left. So let's go, you know? So yeah, don't know if that answers your question. It's fascinating that you bring that up because I think there are two things that stood out. First is your understanding that whatever served you back then those were the things that you literally had to go through i'm the same exact way i think if anything 
those are the areas that have been a little bit more challenging to break the patterns around. When I was brought up with this concept that there is a limited supply of food as well as all these other resources, moving forward into today's day and age, I no longer have the same challenge, but yet I'm noticing the actions that I'm taking towards either not consuming as much or even going to a grocery store and not overbuying many of these things. It's because a lot of them have been instilled habitually from the very young age. And then the other part I find interesting is the concept that you described as far as being an extreme individual. I'm the same exact way. In fact, this Friday, I'm flying out to Las Vegas, and then we're, we are hiking from North Rim to South Rim, the Grand Canyon, which is 24 miles. And we're going to be doing that Saturday starting at 4 a.m. in the morning. So but to me, that ignites me. That gives me the additional curiosity to someone else. As you said, it's all relative. They might look at me and say, what's wrong with you? A, why would you get up at 4 a.m. in the morning? That's the first, <laughs> right? first situation there. And B, why would you hike 24 miles after that? But those are the experiences that I choose to embark on. And so I think there's an important component that you mentioned as far as really exploring and being honest with oneself when it comes to what are the areas of my life that I'm settling in? Because the areas of my life that I might be settling in are not your areas. And the same thing is true, vice versa. And so instead of looking at it as a comparison or a judgment, I think it really is just an honest approach in looking at one's life and, and developing that clarity and understanding and getting to the point where I can honestly have a conversation with myself and say, okay, I feel like I'm settling here. What can I do about it? And not necessarily because anyone else wants me to, or I feel like I have to be at a certain point just because someone else is. And that for me has been an ongoing journey of understanding that every single one of us is on our own paths and journeys, even if we are trying to accomplish the same goal, such as writing a book or whatever it may be, your journey is going to be different from mine. It's a given. The people you're going to meet how you show up, how you present the project, so many different factors. And I think that was a, that took me a while to understand. Once I was able to detach from the comparison, and I can't say that I'm 100% there, it, it simplified the journey so much. And in fact, it was only in that moment I was really able to focus on my own life and my own areas. We John, like you say? just as unique as your fingerprint. Yeah. Yeah. We talk, we get transfixed by fingerprint, but it's, it's your cellular fingerprint. They're, everything about you is unique. Yeah. And I truly believe, you know, like in terms of what I'm up to now and how I might interface with the world is about um, encouraging us and helping us to remember that what suits your cellular fingerprint is unique to everybody else. Whose responsibility is it to figure that out? Is it mine? Is it your parents? Is it your friends? No, it's yours. Um, depending upon whether you choose to take that on, whether you choose to, I call it being awake. Because to me, that then opens the door to your superpower, to your genius. How do you go about living out your own journey and continuing to create your own unique fingerprint in this world 
and not projecting your views onto other people as the ultimate way of doing or living things. Mm. I wonder if prefacing what I say is, look, hey, there'll be some things that I'm going to say in whatever, you know, whatever kind of circumstances it might be in a coaching session with a client is say, now, look, I'm going to mention a few things here. And what I'm going to really encourage you to do is to pop that through your filter, you know, with as open a heart and mind as you can for your own sake and figure out what sticks and what doesn't. And it's going to be kind of like one of my mentors talks about if the shoe fits, put it on wear it now you might need to put it on first and kind of walk around a bit oh actually i thought it fits but it doesn't and that that but i wonder if that's the journey of life right so we find you and me oh my gosh our shoes fit so that you can wear i you can wear my shoes i can wear yours oh my gosh and then maybe after your a mega trip that you do like the one that you're doing at the weekend is that hang on my shoes fit differently now and in fact what's a bit more comfortable for me now is one with a bit more support or whatever like i'm doing this hike i'm using boots that when i'm doing really um full-on track that i we live very close to a beautiful track where we where we are right now in the wilderness and i need bigger boots on there to support my ankles because lots of tree roots and it's really muddy and it's full-on but if i'm walking up the road here i won't be wearing those so it will be different things that work at different times. And so it, I just invite, you know, who's listening to this, I invite it um, for all of us to consider ourselves as to what, you know, does that fit for me? Actually, it doesn't fit for me right now. Um, cool, I liked, I liked the person, didn't this, the, the message didn't gel. Cool, next. Because there's plenty of other people, like we listened to, I don't know if you're familiar with Brene Brown, what a woman. So we listened to something on Netflix. We watched something on Netflix called her Courage, I think it is. And it's like, it was like, oh my gosh. Now I wonder if there are people who might listen to Brene, read her material and think, meh, meh, because it's maybe not the right shoe right now for that person in their lives. And then let's say, you know, you and I connect and and you mention a resource, and I'm like, oh my gosh, that sounds fantastic. Ooh, like you mentioned a book about gratitude by gentlemen you mentioned it when we spoke last time oh i need to look that one up and it might be your energy that has me think oh that sounds really i hadn't thought about that before okay or maybe i'd heard about it before but it's because i'm now you know i'm we're kind of our frequencies are more matched that has me think well maybe i need to reconsider that that might be another example it's it's so true and it's it's fascinating that you even point that out because that's what i've realized is so much of it, it doesn't necessarily always have to do with the content itself. It's so much of it has to do with where you are at, at any given moment in life and frequency change, just like anything else. There were frequencies within my life where I wasn't as open to maybe the frequencies that I'm open to now. And, and the same might be true five, 10 years down the road, and maybe not even that long, maybe 24 hours a week. So it's, it's just interesting. The number of people that you meet along the journey and who you connect with. And the other component of that is just, you never know which component of them you are going to connect with at that given moment. I might, if I, I can be, I can choose to be open to whatever component I might connect with, or I can choose to be closed. And I choose to be open, you know, within safety parameters, <laughs> you know, it's like being open is a great thing. So long as it's safe, for all parties, you know. Um, 
and you know it's a, it's a, another good example that stri really strikes home for me in terms of how what suits for us changes like you were saying over time is that i used to be um like we we're talking about food i was a really big drinker you know i would sit down and pretty much not really be able to stop unless i drank 10 pints and do that twice in a row friday night and saturday night that's just that was that was the bookend to my week and it meant that i'd had a good weekend now if i attempted to go anywhere close to that volume even a fraction of one pint now i'd be really sick so our bodies are amazing and our minds too that's just you know our body is just a teeny part of the iceberg i think in terms of the reality mm. speaking of connection what are some ways that people can connect with you and what do you have going on in your world that people can be a part of? Mm, great question. So in terms of connecting with me, um, my email address is probably an easy way. I'm on Facebook as well. Um, email, I don't know if it's possible for you to post that when you post this. Yeah, that might be the easiest way. Um, I'm also on WhatsApp. So I've got a WhatsApp number, which I'm happy to give you, Oleg, and you can pop, you know, you can, um, published as well um, what have I got going on so um, basically one-on-one -on -one health coaching is what I'm doing so with health that's every area of health so it's physical emotional mental spiritual financial um, there are quite a few areas of our lives that sometimes can actually stay underneath a rock and <laughs> not so obvious as being really important and that some areas um, let's say we've got a goal in our lives it might be a physical goal um, oftentimes we're more able to realize that when we get more of that balance happening or we start to unearth other rocks where things have been kind of hidden. Um, and I do regular Facebook lives. I have a blog and a vlog that I do each week. I've got an e-course that I'm putting together at the moment. It's just being um, made to look good by somebody who makes e-courses look good. <laughs> um, and I've got several audio programs. I'm just creating a, a new one which is um, all about unlocking our potential. Um, I'm very excited about that in, in multiple areas when it comes to everything from um, being able to achieve the goals that we've got in our lives based on, based on a way that is um, congruent with a lot of those principles we've been speaking about. So not just kind of crossing off things for the sake of it, but actually doing, um, being, being um, honoring what really nourishes us and then you know, the ultimate to that to me, once I, I was just talking about this on my live earlier, is that once I kind of figured out, figured, a few, figured out the basics beyond, okay, I just want to make a lot of money when I was you know, a student and wanting to study and get a good job, et cetera, all the way through to, you know, for me, it absolutely spins my wheels to be able to provide beyond my own means. It just lights me up, you know, in everything that I am blessed to do, you know, and so it's um, it's honouring where we're at on that journey. And for though it tends to be people I, I work with who are um, choosing to be awake, you know, they are um, they are people who are motivated to um, invest in themselves and their well-being in whichever area they've got goals or they're aware that things could improve. They're choosing to be their best selves. Um, and that might be in productivity, focus, it might be health, it might be energy, um, being, being their best selves and being able to play their top game. So um, I've got, I've, I'm often quite booked up 
I've got a couple of spaces that look like they're going to be freeing up. So it's, but it's mostly um, work that I do one-on-one. -on -one. I also do uh, workshops. I've been doing more of those online for obvious reasons. So that's kind of what I get up to besides um, the main drive for me is being present with whatever is going on. <laughs> it's been a bit of a roller coaster being back in New Zealand in many ways, living on a building site. So at the moment, uh, as I glance out my window, we've got scaffolding over the whole of the house. We're just about to have the roof taken off and it's pretty much, we're about five days from winter. So it's a, it's a crazy time of year, but to really embrace that and to say, actually, genuinely, this is pretty cool. Thank you all for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. If you haven't done so already, consider supporting our work by making a contribution through our website at overcomingodds.today or leaving us a review on iTunes, Facebook, or Google so more people can find these inspiring and courageous conversations. Once again, we thank you for listening and we look forward to having you next time.